You are listening to For the Fighter in You, United Fight Alliance, For the Fighter in You. A dynamic and socially conscious entrepreneur, Patrick Moher uses creativity and passion for human connectivity to unite individuals across social and corporate spectrums. Evolving from a successful career in photography to founder of Ethical Image and Goodwood Accessories to partner at AdCan, Patrick's focus is helping companies achieve financial success within an ethical and sustainable framework. Currently CEO at Microdose Psychedelic Insights, he's developing the organization into the industry's premier media company. Patrick Moher, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me on, Jordan. I really appreciate it. And I should also say, happy birthday. I believe your birthday, if LinkedIn is any indication, is October 24th. Yeah, I forgot about it until one of my uh, one of my employees mentioned it the other day. She's like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's think, when you know you're I, busy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go paragliding. We'll see. We'll oh, see nice. Nice. Yeah. I could tell from from some of the, the research I did on you. And you're living the life. Uh, you really take it seriously that you're only given this one life and try to get as much out of it as you can and try to give as much as you can. Um, it's been really fun doing my Intel on you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, no better place to start than the beginning. Tell us a little bit about uh, what microdose psychedelic insights is. Absolutely. Um, and sorry for the noise in the background. We're currently having a wicked rainstorm here. I'm going to pull wow. this a little closer because it's getting pretty aggressive. Wow. Um, You're down so, in Colombia right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in Medellin and here, let me show you what's happening out there. It's, it's uh, oh, I just saw a shirt go flying off the balcony. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really giving her, uh, <laughs> we're going to have probably a couple lightning strikes at some point, but hopefully you can hear me. Uh, so microdose psychedelic insights is a, uh, it's a platform for the psychedelic industry where, you know, events, investor intelligence, you know, scientific information, really, you know, trying to build it as the, the authority in the psychedelic industry for, you know, content, media, information, introductions, really whatever you need to, to kind of make your business a success and, you know, kind of be that, that, that uh, level up for the good companies and maybe not so much for the bump and dump, uh, not, not so sure about you companies. Well, you could not be more cutting edge than even just having the word microdose in the name of your company. It is so hot right now. And, you know, it is kind of trending everywhere. Um, maybe if you wouldn't mind just, um, I know you're, you're not a scientist, but give us a little feel for what psychedelic medicine actually is. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I'll be the first to admit that when we're talking science, I'm dumb as a brick. That's why I like uh, attending our conferences. <laughs> Welcome I, I to my world. Bit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, so psychedelic medicine, it's, it's uh, I mean, so psychedelics, when you say that, people oftentimes will have flashbacks to, you know, the 60s, the Timothy O'Leary movement, you know, just like kind of crazy, stupid, trippy, whatever. But, you know, the, the work is being done and it has been you know, done for, I mean, honestly, hundreds of years, like these things are not new. They're just starting to become culturally accepted again, because people are talking about it. And I think that uh, a big part of that is the internet, honestly, because, you know, censorship of information is harder these days. So, you know, the science is coming out, the stories are coming out, celebrities are coming out in droves. I just saw just yesterday, Noah, uh, Trevor Noah was talking about, you know, psychedelics, um, Andrew Yang is talking about psychedelics. Mark Messier just got published in McLean's magazine. So it's, it's coming out of the woodwork really quick and in real time. And so psychedelic medicine is really, you know, just like, uh, there's so many applications. It's, it's, it's medicine that can actually help you, you know, with your mental health, achieve a happier, you know, better state of consciousness. Um, you know, there's a couple examples like, uh, some fun ones, DMT, you know, you picture DMT as this super crazy hallucinogenic. It is, you know, I've experienced it as wild, but there, there are studies being done for hemorrhagic stroke patients where DMT is actually helping regenerate, uh, you know, neural connections in the brain, um, psilocybin and ketamine for depression, uh, microdosing LSD for cluster headaches, um, 
I mean, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton of work happening MDMA for PTSD. I mean, we, we kind of, in, in this psychedelic industry that we're talking about now, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. And, you know, I, I like to often pay homage to Rick Doblin because he started doing this work 32 years ago when he said, oh, I have an idea. I'm going to get this through the FDA, you know, because MDMA can be incredibly helpful for veterans with PTSD. And how can you say no to that? That's a, that's a bipartisan issue. So absolutely genius. And, and you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants here and really just doing our best to accelerate the movement and make sure it's done sustainably and responsibly so that, you know, people can benefit from these medicines, but also understand that they're not a panacea. They're not the quick, you don't just eat the drugs and you're fixed, you know, or the medicine and you're fixed. You have to do the work. And so they really just assist in, you know, helping you kind of get outside of yourself, get out of those mental, you know, narratives, the stories that you tell yourself, because I, you know, Physical health, I, I think, is probably, I'm, I'm no scientist, but I would say it's pretty close to 96 to 98% linked to mental health. So if you can fix your brain, you can fix your body and vice versa. Well said. Let's talk about those statistics a little bit. I think this might be instructive to help us just get, no pun intended, get our brain around just how bad things have gotten in the mental health space. So Johns Hopkins, obviously, you know, very, very prestigious, estimates 26% of Americans ages 18 and older, about one in four adults, suffers from a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year. Many of these people suffer from more than one mental disorder at a given time, in particular depressive illnesses, uh, which tend to occur with substance abuse and anxiety disorders. Approximately 18% of people, 18 to 54, have an anxiety disorder in a given year. Anxiety disorders, including panic, obsessive compulsive, post-traumatic stress disorder, which you were talking about earlier, you know, with military veterans, first responders, uh, generalized anxiety and phobias, social phobias, agoraphobia, specific phobias. And the CDC informs us that more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. So it's all hands on deck. And that's why... I think that, you know, it's just, I mean, it's shocking how fast microdosing and psychedelics are exploding, uh, going across mainstream. Well, I mean, to me, it's not. Um, you look, look at what happened in the last two years, you know, COVID really turned the world upside down and changed things for a lot of people and made it very apparent that maybe the way that we're doing things isn't the right way to do things and maybe there can be change. So. I don't think it's a coincidence that the psychedelic industry has really started to explode and go mainstream in the past two years because, you know, that COVID is going to exacerbate this mental health epidemic. And, and it's a sign of the times, you know, like we're living in a, in a, in a day and age and a culture where it's more, more, more go, 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 do, do, do. Like everyone has access to everything now and comparison is the root of all unhappiness generally. So when you're able to see the best of the best, you know, always bright, happy, flashy, good, great. And you're sitting here like my life maybe isn't so great. Like maybe that's part of the, you know, symptom. And, and, and I, I think there's, there's a lot more than just the science happening here. I think it's kind of a cultural phenomenon to accept that maybe just say no, isn't the way to go. Cause you're saying yes to a lot worse, you know, intoxicants, stuff like coffee's okay, sugar's okay, dairy's okay. Why is that okay? And eating a top of acid on a Saturday is, you know? Right. Yeah. And I guess given those terrifying statistics that I mentioned, it isn't shocking that it's exploding because when you're terrified, you are willing to take chances. And what's you'll do anything to get out. You'll do anything. And what's wacky to me is this that this that these these uh, medicines are still schedule four. Um, and I guess that's a great opportunity to ask you, what do you think is going to be the status of these medicines in the next couple of years? Are they going to get knocked down from four to a less um, prohibitive uh, rating? So, you know, I, I, again, not a scientist. I don't know exactly where each uh, substance is in terms of classification, but 
in terms of where it's going, like, you know, there's a couple different routes. There's the recreational route, which, you know, currently exists. There's the decriminalization route, which is, you know, being worked on places like Oregon, massive announcements recently. And then there's the medical route. And, you know, I'm not an absolutist. I, I think that absolutism is, you know, a big problem in the world these days. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. It doesn't have to be that way. I think there's multiple routes. And, you know, some people are more happy in a clinical setting. Some people are more happy just eating, a, you know, five grams of mushrooms and walking through a forest. And that's okay with me. But in terms of like how, how these are progressing in this day and age, you know, you look at MDMA, it's currently on track to be accepted as a medicine in late 2023 due to the work that MAPS has been doing for 32 years. You know, you're going to be able to go to the doctor, eat some MDMA, get some, you know, hands-on therapy, um, and, and, and really, you know, be able to get that help in a legal capacity, and it doesn't have to be underground anymore. I mean, if you look at uh, the Netherlands, you know, psychedelics. I, I had my first psychedelic experience in 2012 after the Olympics in Amsterdam. And that really kind of opened my eyes to like, holy shit, these are real. Um, ketamine, there's ketamine clinics all over the United States right now. There's multiple phase one, phase two clinical trials happening. You know, that big phase three clinical trial is what everyone's kind of on the lookout for. And I think there's a couple companies that are getting close. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't want to make a prediction because I'm wrong a lot, but um, I think the next three to five years, you're going to see some massive policy changes and you're going to see a whole lot more cultural and social acceptance around these medications because, you know, like what, what changes people's minds, you know, people, people have their own belief system and their own way of thinking. And, you know, I'm right. And some information may change that bias, but storytelling is what changes, you know, like you hear a story about somebody that was clinically depressed for 20 years, you know, they were on this and that and nothing worked. And then they had a mushroom trip or something else. And just like, boom, I, like, how can you refute that? You know, how, how can you tell somebody that a medicine that helped them live a happier, more productive, sustainable life is not okay to take? I, I don't, I don't think no is going to be an answer in five to 10 years. You know, in this technological world, a lot of us understand the concept of a reboot, you know, like when your computer's slowing down, everything's fragmented and you need to do a defrag. And, you know, it's, you can really conceptualize what happens when you reboot your machine, whether it's a Mac or a PC, you're yeah. cleaning it up. You and I love the analogy of, you know, tripping with the psychedelic is like the snow globe, those old snow globes that have all, you know, like you, you shake them up and they come down all fresh new snow. It's like a new machine. You've, you've reload, you've, you've rebooted your system. Everything's clean and running well again. That con conceptualization is much like the stories you're saying, like storytelling. When I hear those types of stories, I'm like, okay, I'm on it. That's all I need to hear is that it really, really helps somebody. And then you hear, and then that couple that with the rebooting your machine concept. And it's like, you can see now why psychedelic medicine is exploding. It's, it's unstoppable now. I think so. I mean, I, I, you know, there is a concern that this doesn't get done right. Maybe we have another, you know, 60s movement. But I think if a, another Ronald Reagan came into town today and tried another just say no, he would be laughed out of the everything. Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you to tell me what I can put in my body? You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, autonomy and cognitive liberty. If you're, you know, so, so long as you're not doing something that has a negative impact on somebody else's life, do whatever you want. I don't care. You know? And it's, I think that goes across the happen. aisle. You sorry? know, I, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think that that concept that you're mentioning sort of cognitive liberty and who are you to tell me what I can or can't do with my body I believe that that concept travels across the aisle. So, you know, like you said, we have a country and actually a world now of extremes. You see everyone kind of polarizing to the right and left. But if you bring up the subject of no big, big government can't tell me what to do or not do with my own body. I think that that resonates on both sides of the aisle. So I think yeah. you've picked a winning hand. Well, with, that, with everybody except for the people in the government. <laughs> right. Right. And frankly, and I know this is a touchy subject, but in frankly, 
you know, big medicine, big pharma, big, you know, like if I, if you and I fix ourselves with plant medicine, which you can go out and pick in the fields um, and now, and you don't spend four and a half weeks in, in a hospital, you know, in a hospital bed for $6,000 a day, someone's losing four weeks of $6,000 a day market share. So there's, you know, like, that's, I mean, but that, that's going to be distributed, right? Like when, you know, it's, it's like energy, it doesn't go anywhere. It just trans transmutes. Right. So th like the way, the, and I don't know the answer to this question, but the way I like to think about it is like, what is the true impact that this movement is going to have? So, okay. So you got these, you got these people coming off of SSRIs, antidepressants, big pharma, you know, the protocol it's costing thousands, hundreds of thousands a year, depending on the patient. What happens when you have a society of people that are fundamentally changed, happier, healthier, you know, this, this quite honestly racist system of, um, you know, impounding people for drug possession, distribution, that kind of thing. Like what happens when you have a lower impact and burden on the criminal justice system, a lower impact and burden on the medical health system, more productive people, happier people in society, like what's 20 years from now going to look like because of this? And, and, you know, it, it all kind of coincides also with the advent of uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, like pretty soon there's going to be a lot of jobs that are missing because we figured out how to get the robots to do them for us, you know? So like what's next? I, I, I think, I think it's going to be, this might be a bold statement, but you know, when, when you have the steam engine, that was a renaissance. This might be a similar renaissance, but for cognitive ability, creativity, and overall, you know, human happiness, really. Absolutely. If, you know, and I had a little bit of a concept of when you look at human consciousness, the evolution of human consciousness, you look at sort of the, you know, the 0.9% who've become enlightened, you know, uh, as the Eastern uh, mystics have been telling us forever uh if you meditate long enough and and do the work uh you will you know you'll beat your ego down you know it's a 30 or 40 year workflow but you yeah. will eventually become enlightened and that's really just a way that the species doesn't destroy itself it's just like it's almost like i feel like the species you know each species either makes it or doesn't make it and that may be one of uh our natural ways of making sure we don't torch each other. And hopefully that goes into hyperdrive. Hopefully, I don't know if you're familiar with Ken Key's The 100th Monkey, where we hit that tipping point, like a certain amount of the population gets to X, then everybody follows it. You just pull them along. They just come naturally. It unfolds. Yeah, like because the other guy is doing it, so it's okay. Right. Right. When the right people are doing it, like those celebrities who you mentioned earlier and Will Smith, who just came across your ticker tape on your Will Smith is out now too. Yeah. Um, Oscar trip changed yeah. It's just, it just keeps unfolding. So oh, yeah. I think, you know, we should talk about, there's so many ailments that this has been actually looking like it's showing efficacy with the science is getting very compelling. You mind going through maybe five or six of the, you know, sort of common ailments that uh, we're all, we all have a very high probability of suffering if we don't start being proactive right now mentally. There's so many, you know, different things that insults to the brain that, you know, this is like an anti-inflammatory, right? This is putting out the fire. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what are some of the ailments um, that can be helped with psychedelic medicine? Um, I mean, how does your brain work? That's a good question, right? Like, so depression, right? Mm -hmm. Huge problem and yep. getting bigger by the day and ketamine, psilocybin, DMT, they're all being proven to be efficacious for depression. PTSD, a massive problem with, you know, post-war frontline responders, like the people that need the most help. MDMA is like, it's fixing that. It's, 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 the, the, the data that's coming out of maps with their studies is proving that it's more and like by a lot more effective than most of the traditional medicines on the market 
there was a, an announcement that I saw by you know a company read like maybe six months or so ago that proved that their proprietary um, mushroom formulation actually killed breast cancer cells. You know, that's not psychedelic, but that's real. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's cluster headaches that are being targeted with microdoses of LSD. Um, let's see, did I hit five or six yet? Like migraines, migraines. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and here's, so here's the interesting part is, so I came from the cannabis industry as a background and, you know, I, I think cannabis is great. I'm a big proponent of it, obviously like do whatever you want. If it works, it works. But we fundamentally, you know, I, I say we, not I, not me, the scientists, the really smart guys over there they still can't crack the endocannabinoid system. We were actually born, every single one of us, we all have an endocannabinoid system. And so CBD, THC, CBD, you know, CBN, all these molecular, you know, like designer cannabinoids, they're working on, you know, a certain thing like CBN for sleep. It's, it's, it's proving to be really effective, but we don't understand why. So that's really interesting to me. But with psychedelic medicine, what I, from what I understand, they're working on serotonin, dopamine, the H, HT2A, B, and C receptor. And those have all been studied for decades. They're pretty well understood, you know, and we're starting to understand the brain and neurochemistry more. So these medicines actually work on, you know, dopamine receptors, serotonin receptors, the five HT2A, B, and C receptors. So that I think is why probably the science is moving a whole lot quicker in psychedelics than cannabis. Um, and, you know, cannabis was legalized on a recreational context, you know, Canada came out, Justin said, we're going to do this thing. We're going to break some treaty conventions, whatever. If you're mad at us, you know, it's fine. I don't care. But psychedelics are moving so much faster because we fundamentally understand what they're doing to the human brain and body. And so that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch over the next couple of years. I got to just grab my charger. because I else Yep. While you do that, I'm going to refresh everybody's memory and let everyone know that we are talking with Patrick Moher. He's the CEO of Microdose Psychedelic Insights. If you're like me and you like to check people out while you're listening to the podcast, all you need to do is just put his name in. It's, it's the last name is spelled M-O-H-E-R. Put in the word microdose and you'll get a ton of stuff. You'll get over to his website. Has a big show coming up. I don't want to talk about it yet, but we will talk about it in the show. Um, and I, I, But I want to talk a little bit more about the science because it's so compelling. So for the people who are scrolling along and checking him out while we're chatting with him, we talked about some of the dangers. Uh, we talked about, you know, how... The world seems to be, you know, unraveling. You don't know what's real, what isn't real. I hate to even use the word fake because it's just such a, has so much negative, negative connotation to it now, but, you know, getting real information, getting um, real peace of mind, getting um, equanimity, you know, this is an inside job and um, this is plant medicine. I'm speaking personally now, this is plant medicine that, um, helps you with the inside job because that's where the happiness is going to come from there's no one there's no celebrity let me, let me ask you a question George. absolutely how, how, how has plant medicine impacted your life personally all right i this you're actually uh we're breaking news here because i've never talked about this before so uh but sure. because i'm so grateful to you patrick for everything you're doing um i i guess we'll we'll break the news so i you know i'm a veteran and um you know i served in the u.s army and i was in artillery and I took some percussion. There was a lot of percussion back when I was in. I'll give up my age here. I was in in the 70s and the 80s. We didn't even use hearing protection. We just It just wasn't even a thing back then. So I took a lot of percussion. Um, I was also in martial arts and had my head batted around quite a bit. I've had probably four or five concussions between the army, between martial arts and just stupid things like diving into pools, shallow pools. I've had, you know, I just batted my head around quite a bit and I noticed my my equanimity was off my memory was getting worse and my mood was getting very agitated I was getting more and more short with my wife more and more short with the kids and um, I started microdosing and uh, doing it because there's so many people who I respect if you start doing the research yourself 
and start looking at the scientists and the doctors and the killers, the killers in the world, like, you know, the ballers, you know, who are worth a hundred million dollars, billionaires, people who their brains work really well. And I'm sick of being jealous about how well their brains work. And I want, I want to get my brain back. So I started microdosing. I'm absolutely already noticing a huge difference. So uh, to answer the question, it's been profound, profound. And what's really coming up for me is a feeling of connectivity, feeling more and more connected to people and more and more grateful, just general gratitude that like, I'm like, where's that coming from? There's like, um, Dan Abrams has a podcast called 10% Happier. He's a big Buddhist guy. I love the Buddha too. And uh, he's on ABC, does the news. And he talks about how meditating, uh, and I don't know if he's a plant medicine guy, but he, I love his saying 10% happier. Your baseline, my baseline. Am I like running around like Julie Andrews? The hills are alive with the sound of music. No, but my baseline, just my walking around is 10% happier. Yeah, yeah. It's Calm going up. Games, baby. It's wild, dude. It's wild. It is well, so you, you know. amazing. I haven't gone hero yet, but I have a feeling at your show coming up on the 8th and 9th, which we'll talk about in a minute, your show, I'm going to meet some people who I can go hero with. And I'm uh, going hero means upping yeah. the dose and ego disillusion, you know, light we show. Actually, we actually have a panel on... Uh, on on the stage called the heroic dose um and that'll be you know it'll be about you know how how do we support these frontline workers veterans you know the people dealing with the hardest amounts of trauma in society you know how do we help them because they need help and we owe it to them as a society the people that are fucking out there saving our lives fighting stupid wars for oil like they need our help and it's it's a it's a fundamental right that they should have our help. Um, I got I got another question for you, and then I'll, I'll let you go back to being the interviewer. <laughs> what was okay. it? So so you know you've obviously come from you know a pretty aggressive hardcore background, right? Like fighting the war, like you know a lot of macho masculinity. I'm sure involved in a lot of that kind of thing. Was there, if you go back to the 70s and 80s and you think about psychedelics, how did you think about them then? And then what was the switch, you know, just recently when you started microdosing, what was that thing that made you go, maybe, maybe these are okay, maybe I should try them out? Wow, that's a, such a good question, Patrick. So when I was in the military, I was pr pretty indoctrinated, right? So like if I thought about someone who was doing mushrooms or LSD or any other, you know, psychedelics. Maybe tree huggers. Yeah, I would have thought of them as kind of like freaks and, you know, losers and can't be happy, can't be happy in and of themselves. They need, you know, they're, they got to cheat. Um, I used to feel that way about people who smoke pot, too. I had roommates who smoke pot and I used to give them give them hell, you know, and uh, and, you know, it's funny uh, if if I had said you know, back then, if I had looked forward and said, I'd be doing that, I, I was not a chance in the world. So yeah, it's like, and so then, so the, the impetus was, um, I do a lot of biohacking, listening to all, you know, the, the great podcasts, um, you know, trying to have my brain. That's the irony. My brain is going to save my brain. It's my brain. That's saving my brain. It's like a race. My brain has to figure out what it needs to do to save itself. So I'm listening to all the great podcasts and three or four of them had people who were, had, were talk, talking about microdosing. And really that's all it took for me. Like I am not going to waste a minute. Like to me, I think it's important that people know, I, it's a lot, I speak for myself. It's important that I know that this is a race. Like I could get to the point where I get so dull that I couldn't figure out how to do this. So for me, it's a race to, 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 get smart again. I watched some of my old shows that I used to do, you know, when I was doing a lot more sports and I'm like, Oh my God, is that me? Cause it, it was so much better, you know, than I am now. And, and it's, it's sad, you know, like, it's like, I, I, I listen to some of these podcasters and I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. Sam Harris. I'm jealous of his brain. I'm jealous of 
of how articulate he is. And I want to get back to that. Not that I ever was at that level, but I would like to at least, you know, be able to put together half a decent sentence now. and yeah, Well, again. I mean, you know, this, this is one of the things is maybe it's not all about the science. Maybe it's what's inside and psychedelics help set your ego aside. It's like, you shouldn't be looking at these other guys saying, I want to be that. You should be looking at you yesterday saying, I want to be better than I was the day before. And I think that's one of the things that psychedelics really helps people with is just not looking at other people like they should be them. It's like, who am I? You know, because the, the ego is so confused these days. Right. And that's why there's, there's a concept in Buddhism that I love, the bodhicitta. And the bodhicitta, you know, um, the, the, one of the affirmations, you know, may all beings be at peace, may all beings be happy, may all, and that's all beings, you know, that's your cat. That's the duck that's in the pond. That's all living creatures and to include everybody in the love blessing. And I I remember that, you know, when I'm mindful, I remember I'm listening to Sam Harris and I'll have that. Oh, he's so lucky. And then I'll wait, wait a minute. God bless him. I'm so like, good for him, man. I'm glad he's happy. Like the tent, the tent is big, you know, like how much, how much better do you feel? Like there's a Buddhist saying that a thousand candles can be lit by a single flame and it does not decrease the lifespan of that candle right so you know and that, that's another thing that i think is probably something that we should fix in our society these days is like why are you giving all your attention focus you know social media to what like i get it you have to call people out for bad things but it's like if you're just spending your whole life looking at other people thinking about how they're doing it the wrong way guess what you're not going to get anything done <laughs> be the change you wish to see do that shit you know yes it's, it's about action. And like yeah. the Dalai Lama said, he said, you know, I'm in the religion of kindness. That's it. It's very simple. He's yep. in the religion of kindness. Yeah. And that's, you know, like coming back. That's the other thing about plant medicine. One of the things is that, that people almost universally come back with is their empathy and their compassion for mankind and for the planet, like go through the roof. And you just start loving again and you start caring again. And you, and I am, I'm more and more not seeing anyone as an other, like there's, there's not an other. Like, we're in this together. We're, we're all little specks of stardust on this planet flying around amongst a hundred billion other planets. We don't, anyone that thinks they actually know what's going on there is way confused and has a massive ego. You know, we're, we're stuck on this thing together. And maybe we shouldn't destroy the planet. Maybe we should help other people be happy and accept themselves and accept them for who they are. Because guess what? They're not you. Right. Right. And in a way, in a way, we are all each other, right? Because if we do torch it, we all go down together. So, you know, like, I don't know if you saw, this is a little bit of an aside, but it's actually very appropriate to what we're talking about. Did you see what William Shatner shared with Jeff Bezos when he got back from his trip up into space. I'll be perfectly honest. I did not. I, I, have I know you're busy doing the show, but you, you need to run and go watch it. And for anyone who's listening yeah. to this, go check it out. It was profound. He started weeping while he was talking to Jeff Bezos and he said he could see how hurt the planet is and he could see what pa- the pain that it, the planet was in. And how close we are to not being able to turn around. Like he got, he, he downloaded a bunch of information Pretty during real, this trip. Yeah. And when you watch the video from inside, from inside the capsule, when they're up in space, everybody else is just goofing around and they're, you know, enjoying the weightlessness and they're just kind of clowning around. He's looking out the window back down at planet earth. And then so, he looks, oh, and he looks at his yeah. other astronauts and he's like, He's like pointing at the planet and then he's looking back at the astronauts and he looks back. He could tell he was, he was having this revelation. And so anyway, it's a really, it's really pretty because he's almost, it's almost a metaphor for psychedelics. If you think about it, because when, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll suggest that DMT is a good one for this because it completely takes you out of you. You go to another planet, you're up here and you're looking down going, you know, so it's similar, similar comparison, maybe. See, to me, this is very compelling. Now, for the scientists out there and for the people who were like I was in the military back in the day 
And, you know, that part of my brain, you know, the right part of my brain was not, I was running out of the, the left part most of the time. For the people who were running out of their left brain, God bless them. There's no right or wrong. I'm just saying that's where they are. The science of this is very compelling. What happens when a person, what's, what are the mechanisms when a person act, actually trips? You know what? I will uh, introduce you to one of the psychedelic scientists that are leading on this charge, if you'd like, and you can ask them questions and get a way better answer. <laughs> awesome. Hey, and along those lines, because I know your time right now is amazingly uh, stretched. And the reason why is because you have a huge show coming up in Miami on November 8th and November 9th called Wonderland. It's going to be at the Adrian Arsht Center for the Performing Arts in Miami. And it's being billed as the largest psychedelic medicine conference ever. This will include science. This will include networking, investment opportunities, psychedelic intel, just an amazing, and, and the celebrities who are going to be there are off the chain. This is November 8th and 9th. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that, but right now, where can people go if they're already like, I want to know more about this, or I want to start fixing my brain and my happiness, where can they go right now to get a ticket to Wonderland? Uh, so I'm pretty sure we'll show up first if you Google Wonderland Miami. Um, it's, uh, it's all on microdose.buzz.buzz. It's a fun little domain. Um, actually, what we can do is I can set you up later with, uh, with a link to share with your audience and a discount code so that they can, you know, have it a little bit more accessible. We can do that post-show and, you know, give you a direct link. But, um, but yeah, micro, uh, Wonderland Miami by Microdose. You can find it online. Um, if you're involved in the industry, you've probably seen it on your Twitter feed or LinkedIn feed in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be doing some pretty aggressive marketing campaigns to make sure that we get that uh, our center full because it is a big venue. We're, uh, we're just about halfway there and ticket curves on events are always pretty last minute. So I, I think we're going to fill it. Um, and yeah, it'll be it'll be a really cool experience. I mean, we're, we're trying to build this as not your everyday standard trade show it's not going to be boring stuffy there aren't going to be hundreds of booths and you know people trying to sell you stuff and that kind of thing because most of the stuff that we're talking about here not for sale <clears throat> so you know like I, I guess uh just to give you like a little bit of an overlay of what wonderland is on the on the first day we're gonna on the seventh the sunday night we're gonna have a vip reception um that'll be held in a, a private area in miami for all vip ticket holders and you know speakers and sponsors um Day number two is the eighth. So that's the official start of the conference. Um, you know, we'll have our, our keynote with, uh, you know, Daniel, Daniel Carcillo, Mike Tyson. We're gonna have uh, some heavy hitter scientists on stage. We've got Robin Cardart Harris, who's highly respected in the space. We've got Matthew Johnson, who's had some incredible announcements recently. Um, Rick Doblin, who obviously I mentioned before, I'll be doing a fireside chat with Rick. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, Monday night, he's Sorry, he's the grand pooba in the space, right? He, hasn't he been doing this for like 30 or 40 years? 32 years, incredible. Uh, longer than I've been alive. So, you know, again, standing on the shoulders. <laughs> um, I have Monday socks night, older than you. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't wear those to Wonderland. Um, <laughs> and then on Monday night, we're going to have an industry awards. So it's called the Microdose Awards. They were completely user generated. There's no corporate influence on it. So um, all you know, our audience submitted all of the um, all of the applications. You know, we put put together the top five in each category, and then all of the awards will be handed out based on voters' choice. We have no influence over it. The numbers and the votes do the talking. So. Um, you can Google the Microdose Awards if you want to vote for those. Check it out. That'll be, I believe, don't quote me on it. It'll be on the website from 8 to 10 p.m. in the R Center. And then on Tuesday, we'll get into another full day of programming. Um, Tuesday night, we're going to have some pretty sweet after parties because everyone knows the real business is done when you make a personal connection. It's not, you know, sitting there trying to sell somebody on the show floor. And even the show floor, I mean, we're not trying to have this be boring. So we've got art exhibits, we've got a psychedelic portrait booth, we've got interactive, um, you know, sort of breakout rooms with, uh, it, you know, information sessions, we've got some breathwork sessions, we've got a business lounge, a VIP lounge, um, hopefully more to come. I mean, we're how many days away, like ooh, 16, um, but things are coming out of the woodwork and hopefully we have some extra special surprises and announcements. 
Uh, we're going to be launching a magazine called Psychedelia uh, at the event. We'll be launching an industry report. Hopefully, we'll be uh, finishing our documentary by then and uh, producing it then. That's that's called The World on Drugs. That's one I'm pretty pretty excited about. And we've got a couple uh, other announcements hiding right up here. And if my math is right, Patrick, I counted over 100 speakers uh, who will be at the event, uh, who people yeah. can meet with and listen to and just get all the intel. I mean, if this is something that you've been thinking about, if you have someone who's suffering, if you have uh, someone in your family who's a first responder, um, this would be a really important for them to get to, especially if they're um, you know, in the decision-making space in in as a first responder whether it's law enforcement or fire and rescue or of course military um, just absolutely critical to be at this conference and to make the connections with the scientists when you go and look at who's speaking uh at this conference the scientists are so heavy like it's this is not you know patrick and i are talking about you know more the uh, to, to a large degree we're talking about the fun aspect of it but the science is so compelling so if you are a left brain person and you need that peer reviewed, double blind type of uh, proof, which, you know, God bless you. And I think you're actually right to want that. If that's the type of thing that moves you, it's there. These are PhDs. These are MDs, prestigious universities, prestigious medical institutions, you know, all the celebrities, the fun, the fun stuff too. Like for me, you know, I'm, I'm going to love getting the science, but I can't wait to meet Mike Tyson. Yeah, Lamar Odom is going to be there. Lamar you know, Odom. I, I do Lakers. know that a couple, uh, a couple of our keynotes are going to be dropping bombs on stage. So it's something you're not going to want to miss. And now I do, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, we do have a top line capacity of 2,400 in the venue. Hopefully we do a bigger one later, but um, we do have virtual access for people that, you know, may not have the means to make it out. Uh, to the event in person. I know, you know, obviously in, in COVID times, travel is difficult. You got to do the PCR test, that kind of thing. So we do have virtual ticket options available. And I believe closer to the event to make sure that this access, you know, this information is accessible to everyone, we're, we're going to heavily discount those virtual tickets and make sure that anyone that wants to access this information can. And Absolutely. we've also done scholarships. We're doing student discounts. We've you know, provided honorarium booths and sponsorship opportunities to different companies, you know, Theracil and the Fireside Hotline are doing fantastic work to, you know, just generally support humans and humanity. So we've, we've given them complimentary sponsorships, just, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be in this for the right reasons and making sure that this, this story is told in the right way. Because, you know, like you mentioned, when, what was it that made you change your mind? It was hearing these people's stories. The science, for some people, it's the science that we were talking about earlier. Like yeah. we said, the peer review, that's double blind, give me, just give me the math. Give yeah. me the math. That's for some people, right? Yeah, for me, I like to cry. I, you know, like I, when I, you know, who, who rocked my world was Daniel Carcillo, uh, who, who played, uh, I believe for the Blackhawks and for the Flyers. Yeah, he, was he, was an he was an enforcer. Yeah. The dude was an enforcer, right? So yeah. these guys are the, they're the monsters of the NHL, right? They get, you know, in a career, they'll fight 100, 150, 200 times. Um, yeah. Concussion city. And this guy was, was heading towards Alzheimer's, right? When you, when you listen to his story, he was, he was well on his way to dementia. Well yeah. on his way. I mean, and now and, to and, listen and, to him, he sounds like freaking Einstein. Like his articulation is off the chart. Like that's a reboot. If, if you if you think about it, and I, I know this is, you know, controversial in some capacity, some people, but, you know, the guys like Mike Tyson, Daniel Carcillo, where they're the, they have this persona, of big, bad, mean, scary. If you can look at somebody like that, have their life fundamentally changed by psychedelic medicine, like that to me is incredible. And that's a story worth sharing. And I don't, I don't generally believe in censoring like second chances. I believe in second chances. And I think psychedelic medicine is going to provide a lot of second chances for a lot of people that need it. So I'm happy to share these stories as best we can. You listen to Mike Tyson or you listen to Daniel Carcillo and the wisdom I'm listening to these guys. I'm like, they're like sages, you know, and it, look, they'll be the first to tell you, Hey, the ego's always there. 
and I could screw up tomorrow. It's, they're not, neither one of them are trying to be on some kind of, you know, uh, pillow, some kind of raised pillow and, you know, be some sort of guru or Swami. They'll be the first to tell you, no, thank you. But when you no, listen to them, like, yeah. they're getting wisdom. They're like they're downloading well, something. One of my favorite quotes ever. I got a lot of them. I, I live based on quotes, but wisdom comes from experience and experience comes from mistakes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do one too. Nice. Even though, even though my brain is rusty, I have this one down. <laughs> Ralph Waldo Emerson. He's one of my boys. Life is too short to waste in cynic peep, critic bark, quarrel, or reprimand. Twill soon be dark. Up, mind thine own aim, and God speed the mark. One more, because I love Absolutely, brother. And it, it's a Shakespeare one, and I'm not a huge Ooh. Shakespeare fan or anything, but it's, it's profound. Um, Tis neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. Patrick, the connection... Like, um, that's the speed of, if you're, if you've watched the latest, um, there was a, there was a really, really good movie on the speed of light and how to, if beings are getting here, how are they getting here so fast? It's the speed of thought. You, you watch how quickly you and I can connect and build something. Like, I want to thank you for everything you built. Cause it's going to propel me forward and everybody that I share this with, you know, that's going to like, it's incalculable. I mean, this is how it should work. And, and just for everyone's reference, like we've never met face to face before this. Like we DM'd on LinkedIn. It's like, what's up? You want to interview? Hell yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Before we even got online, before we even started recording, we were like, we had known each other for a hundred years, just effortless right in. And it was so beautiful. And I look at the other companies you founded, like Ethical Image, uh, Goodwood Accessories. There is a consciousness and like a principled ethos that runs through them. Like with good wood, you planted over 5,000 trees. No one's making you do that. No governmental entity is saying you have to plant 5,000 trees. No regulatory bodies making you do that. Something has come from inside you that you're like, you feel a part of the planet. Like well, people who I mean, feel and, and, and that, you know, that was, that was probably like, that was, that's when I quit my job and I, Honestly, I did a mushroom trip in High Park in Toronto and I, I, I went into it kind of, it was the one of the only intentional, really intentional psychedelic experiences I've had. And I was just, you know, I was sitting there kind of questioning, how do I want to live my life? You know, like what is important to me? And, and quite honestly, I was a little bit, you know, just sort of in my head and depressed and sad about the way the world is going and, you know, global warming and the environmental crisis. And I kind of had a look at the way I was living and I was like, well, I'm not doing anything about it. And so that, that, you know, what I said before about like, don't focus on the other people's bad, do your good. I just kind of made a decision. I was like, you know, I'm not rich. I've, I've never been well off, you know, but everything that you do in this world has an impact, whether it's good or bad. You, you, we are transmissions of energy. So I just made a decision to be like, you know what, like if I can give back one, two, five percent every single day while I'm living, there may be a compound effect of that moving forward. So, you know, in 20 years, I'll go to sub-Saharan Africa and I'll walk through my forest and just be like, shit, that's that's real. And I, I feel like a lot of people, you know, I I experienced this, I'll talk personally, you know, I felt like I didn't have a route to impact or change because I wasn't rich, famous, influential, nobody would listen to me, that kind of thing. But guess what? Like people look at your actions, not your thoughts. You're the only one that can hear your thoughts, but showing up is the most important part. So I don't know. I just, I made a conscious choice that day and, and uh, I hope to continue, you know, doing work that benefits everybody else because we're, we're in this together. Absolutely. And we can turn it around. And ironically, mushrooms will be a large part of that, not just in all the ways we've already mentioned, but the root system of mushrooms. Mycelium um, network. Yeah, the mycelium network. Sequestering carbon and holding down the dirt so you don't get the flooding, get the plastic. soil back. They can replace plastic. It's shocking. I'm sure you've watched uh, Paul Stamets' uh, uh, a thing on fungi and also woody harrelson has a great movie called kiss the ground uh, all about the you know sequestering carbon turning it around through the root system uh in the taking action is what takes away 
the depression. The in the action is what takes away the feeling of helplessness. Uh, it's very easy to look out there. Yeah, really easy to look out there and just say it's over. It's too late, and it's not. In the wise wise words of uh, Shia LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs> you know, I hated I hated Nike uh, sequestering that, uh, saying until they really stood up. Uh, for African-Americans re- recently. And then I said, okay, they can have, just do it now. They really put their money where their mouth was. So I'm, I'm, I'm all good with Nike stealing that now. Uh, well, it's, it's microdose seven, eight, and nine. And Patrick is so busy right now with over 100 plus speakers. I am being absolutely selfish, keeping him all to myself right now. Uh, so one more time, if people, you know, Left brainers and right brainers come. This, all the scientists come, and all the people who just want to let their freak flag fly, you come to and learn about this medicine in Miami. It'll be a game changer for you. I feel very confident when you look at the people's lives who this has changed uh, so profoundly. I'm very confident this will be a game changer for you and your family as well. That's November 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, Microdose, any final thoughts to my man? Let's get weird. <laughs> Let's have fun, man. It's Celebrities, doctors, scientists. Yeah. I, I, well, and I, I mean, honestly, I, I also just want to take a second to shout out my team because, like, there is no fucking way that I, you know, could do any of this without the incredible people that I work with. They're, you know, I, I run by the maxim of maximize your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. So don't do the things you suck at because, you know, guess what? Like, maybe you don't want to do them either. We've got an incredibly talented, hardworking team. Um, and, and you know, this, this wouldn't have happened without them. So most of them, actually, probably 80% of my team I have never met in person. So I'm really, I'm actually the most looking forward to Saturday when I go out to dinner with my team and break up with them. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I want to give special love to Christina Spienjack, who was the one who, yeah, she was the one who brought me into this. And she's been my point of contact with you guys. She's been absolutely amazing. So special love to her. Much love. All right. Well, thank you so much for the interview. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you make happen here. Thank you, brother. Can't wait to see you down there. It's going to be a party. November 7th, 8th and 9th in Miami. Don't miss it. Thanks again. Patrick Moher, talk to you soon. I'll see you just in a couple of weeks, bro. Absolutely. Bye. Peace. For our full schedule of fights on the NBC Sports Network, CW and ABC affiliates, visit unitedfightalliance.com. United Fight Alliance. United, we fight.